0: So, any question?
1: I don't know if this is too heavy of a subject matter. I thought, since there's been so much uh, discussion online about Anadi and uh, the jiva and this and that, I thought maybe if you could give just a quick summary. Like, this second article you wrote online was very nice, I thought it very clearly kind of filled in the... In the gaps, shall we say, about the first one. So I thought maybe if you could just go over that briefly. I think most of us here have read
0: that. Go over the uh, Anadi Karma issue? Yeah, the Anadi Karma and the Jiva, whatever
1: you want to call it,
0: I don't know exactly. Like, mm. Call it Fall Vada whatever. Huh. Did, did, does everybody understand what he's asking? Is everybody familiar with the issue that, that Indra's talking about? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. He's uh, talking about the idea of uh, anadi karma. As uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur prays, anadi karma phale bhavanar jale. And, um, of course, that's a term that's uh, widely used throughout the. Uh, scriptures Hmm? Uh, throughout Srimad Bhagavatam uh, uh, in many many places in Bhagavatam and uh, it uh, appears of course in the Vedanta Sutra that the Bhagavatam is a commentary on and Vedanta Sutra is um, a kind of a concordance of all of the sounds in the Upanishads and so forth, try to make sense out of them all. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's the first um, attempt in human society of theology, because the theology is really to uh, extrapolate upon, uh, expand upon, enumerate upon the implications of revelation so the Upanishads are the earliest form of revelation, so long before the Catholics began to theologize on the basis of the Western revelation, if you will, the Bible, the New Testament, in out of necessity because of things that uh, writings of Aristotle that surfaced that brought into question some of the ways in which Um, People were thinking about things based on their faith in the Bible. So he had to take those facts, if you will, empirical facts and evidences, and then look at faith in relation to that. Mm -hmm. And so then to theologize and to play out the implication, the meaning, and and bring out uh, or breathe life into, if you will, uh, the sacred text, make them relevant. Hmm? Not that they are irrelevant, uh, but they could become irrelevant without sadhu sangha. Hmm? This is the idea. As Pujjapanchita Maharishi used to like to say, the uh, scripture is the passive agent of divinity and the sadhu is the active agent of divinity. So the, the scripture is somewhat passive a simple example helps us to understand what he means by that, that being that if you read the book, the book can't ask you, so what do you think? Or did you understand? And we find that many people do read the books and they don't understand. And then they quote things out of context and so on and so forth. Therefore, the need of the active agent. Do you have a child? you need a father and a mother? So, veda Mata. Sometimes it's referred to, the sacred text, as the mother. And the father is then the the sadhu, the guru, and these two are never divorced. This is a healthy relationship. Hmm. And that can give rise to children, good children who have a good upbringing. Hmm. Father and mother always agree, although it may appear at times that the father doesn't agree with the mother. Hmm. Hmm. Shah says, mom said this, and father says, yes, but this is what she meant when she said that. <laughs> so, Sadhu is, uh, is the active agent in this way because he or she can ask, did you understand? He you can say yes, and you can, then he can say, so, let's hear if you could, understood. Hmm? He goes after us, so to speak. Prabhupada once said that I came to your country as an aggressor. And I said, thank you. <laughs> so um, it's a kind of an affectionate uh, love of the sadhu that uh, he or she goes after us and goes after our understanding and seeks to improve it and and uh, refine it and so on and so forth. So the Vedanta Sutra then is Vyasa's attempt Uh, this is being the earliest form in human society of revelation. I I suppose the Old Testament goes back, historically speaking, uh, maybe as long as the Upanishads, but um, Moses didn't interpret those, that burning bush, (laughs) or whatever he got there. I'm not that familiar with it, forgive me, but uh, in such a way that... uh, that it constituted theology in Christianity, theology came later. And the Catholics began that really. So, at any rate, the As, in the Vedanta Sutra seeks to take the jungle, if you will, of sounds that are the uh, Upanishads and whatnot that seem to speak about different subjects and and and, and, and emphasize different conclusions and and so forth and. And it can be rather confusing. So he sought to take that that revealed sound and make sense out of it to show that it's all pointing in the same direction. The sutras nicely conclude with anabratihi sabdat, anabratihi sabdat. So it, it means that one sense of the meaning is that by sound one will return, or it says, one will never return. Going there, anabratihi, one one going there, one never returns. From where one never returns. Going there, one never returns. Shubhda, because the sound says so. hmm? This is how it ends, this is one way of understanding. Because the the sacred sound says so, going there, one will never return. This is the last sutra, the Vedanta sutras. But again, the sutras are trying to make sense out of all of that and to show that they're all speaking in a concerted way to make one point and which is ultimately to bring the jiva to, um, to to liberation and the land, if you will, of no return. But another way, and a nice way to understand that final sutra, Anabhati Shabdat, that because of the sound, it says, hmm? uh, one one never returns, one never t- returns, or by the sound, hmm? So that sound the Gaudiya commentators will say, that is the holy name, that is the one sound, hmm. that by which all the sounds also of the sacred text can be understood. Rupa Goswami describes Krishna Nam and his Namastikam as um that which the jewels of the Upanishads statements like Asi. So on and so forth. These vocious, great sounds. The jewels of these sounds, they're all shedding their light, casting light as jewels do, hmm? Hmm. on one sound, Krishna Nam. Hmm? Hmm. By which the whole thing can be understood. in more Jiva Goswami says that Shrutram Api Upanishadam. Dure Hari Katamrita. Those sounds of the Shruti, those statements of the Upanishads, um, they are far. Dure Hari Katamrita. They are far. They leave you far from where the uh, kata about Hari can take you. Mm-hmm. They cannot give you kampa, shru, pulavada, all these astasatvika, vikar, this kind of, cannot bring about this kind, this measure of change in the quality of our, our lives as Krishna Bhakti can. So, at any rate, the great Vedanta Sutras are kind of in a central position and in there we find this concept of anadikarma. And so we understand it's all. This is all coming is what the Upanishads are talking about, and with regard to conditioning, and then the Bhagavatam is the commentary on the sutras, as we understand it. So the sutras are kind of going in both directions. Our Bhagavatam, with regard to the idea of revelation, is is uh, analogous from a from a cross-cultural Christian kind of um, way of speaking of things to the new testament. Hmm? The Bhagavatam is the new testament and it, it it's 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 retiring many ideas of the past or succeeding them going beyond them hmm? the varnashram and so on and so forth. It doesn't do away with it but it, it's like the Bhagavatam is like quantum theory and that which comes before it is like the Newtonian physics. Hmm? Uh, it uh, uh, turns everything upside down. Hmm? And it doesn't even appear to, at first to make sense from the from the uh, Upanishadic and whatnot point of view. Hmm? There, Bhagavatam, God is the worshipable one and so forth. And, and Bhagavatam, uh, he becomes the worshiper. Of mm-hmm. his own devotees to the extreme and so on and so forth and so it's a very it's it's very you know, it's not supposed to work like this, <laughs> as they say about you know when they look inside the the atom isn't it and it's not supposed to work like this so at the bottom level you know we get to the core of the subatomic, subatomic reality of consciousness is that um yeah, yeah. It depends how you look at it. Sometimes he's God, sometimes he's not. (laughs) Sometimes he's a particle, sometimes he's a wave. Hmm? So it depends on the eyes with which we we look. Vasvaya again, again. Hmm? One side we look, he's God. Hmm? Look the other side. Oh, he's, he's... uh, He has a worshipable object. Hmm? It appears not to be God, as Prabhupada used to say. All the religions are teaching that God is the most worshipable object, and we are teaching about the worshipable object of God. Hmm? So, of course, that's bhakti and personified fully in the person of of Shi Radha. Hmm? So, the shakti, shakti tattva. An adi Karma. now, of course, in the sutras is speaking about another shakti, of Bhagawan, It's about Bhagawan in relation to his avidya shakti and maya shakti and so forth. So the idea there is that um, in the sutras at that point where it's discussed the question arises as to God's um, culpability or his responsibility Uh, for the suffering in the world. Hmm? And the sutras exonerate him, they say, no, God is not responsible for the suffering in the world, but karma is responsible. Hmm? And then the opponent replies that, well, that's fine, but what about before the world started, there was no karma, so that doesn't work. Therefore, God must be responsible, is is the idea. And then the sutras say no because of anadi, because the karma has no beginning. Very terse statement, and it's almost terse for the purpose of with the, with the implied with the with the intention of saying and don't think about it anymore. Next, <laughs> but. Next question? Mm -hmm. Something like that. So, um, um, beginninglessness is, of course, a little hard for the conditioned mind to embrace, but nonetheless, we do more readily seem able to embrace it when it speaks of, for example, Bhagwan. We say God is without beginning. People don't have too much of a problem with that theistic people from the atheistic point of view would we say well when, it, when we're asked where the world comes from we say it comes from God. where does God come from hmm? and then there's this infinite regress of, of, of questions and we never get to the answer and so to say that God is the source of the world they would say well that's not an answer hmm? um, or, uh, but uh, of course different ways to think about that um, but or um, well we would say if someone says who's the source of the world we would say God who's God and we would say Krishna and what's the source of Krishna we say Radha what's the source of Radha Krishna <laughs> so we got him <laughs> so to speak so, this is Veda Ved. Hmm? that, the, that uh, yeah. what is it Radha yeah. Krishna Pranai Vikriti Ladini Shaktira Smade Katmanova people we put it a Hambayoga to Chaitanya Kamprakatamatad Dwayam Chaikamaptam Radha Bhava Dutisu Valitam Nomi Krishna Surupa. It's a very nice verse from the pen of Sruptamara that uh, Krishna Goswami is incorporated into his mangal charm, a suspicious invocation of Chaitanya Charitamrita. He says, Radha Krishna Pranayi, Vrikutiya. The, 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 Radha is a transformation of the love of Krishna. Hmm? Of love of Krishna. Uh, Radha Krishna Pranayi, Vrikutiya. Ladini Shakti rasma. That That transformation is called Ladini Shakti. It means that in Krishna is Ananda. Ananda, So there's ananda of his swarup. Hmm. But he ma- manifests the ananda of his swarup in the form of his shakti. We call that swarup-shakti-ananda. And the sw- sw- ananda of the swarup-shakti has more Power hmm? than the ananda of the surup of Krishna therefore the the ananda of the surup shakti has the power to overwhelm Krishna that's what we call bhakti that's what we call Krishna Krishna is basically God overwhelmed hmm? so you see there cannot be a Krishna in the full sense of the term swayam bhagavan without Radha you cannot have Krishna without Radha that's not possible Hmm. not not swayam Bhagavan krishna hmm. so we shouldn't so when when we say krishna manifests as radha hmm, we shouldn't think this is at some point it happened at some point in time hmm. that's like saying well the world doesn 't have a beginning in time because time begins after the world starts, something like that, so something like that so uh, these this is what can we do we're limited by language to talk about such subjects to one extent and so here and there you're going to th- speak about it in such a way that it sounds as if it's an event in time but uh, no, it's the eternal, present, Radha. Krishna is one, he becomes two. The two become one as Chaitanya. It may happen in our world of experience uh, with, with regard to time and space within time, but these are timeless uh, events. Hmm? So... Um, <coughs> So, when we speak of Krishna, therefore, we we speak of Krishna along with his shaktis. It's not that the Krishna exists and then the shaktis exist later on or something like that. They're all co-eternal, co-existing. They have no... Just as Krishna has no origin, so his shakti has no origin. Hmm? May manifest for different purposes in different places and so on and so forth. But it has no origin. So this so, so so goes. So it goes. I should say with the jiva. This is pretty elementary. The jiva has no beginning. But we we had a discussion about this on the harmonist on the internet, and a lot of devotees. It was revealed. A lot of devotees have some misunderstandings and a lot of maybe even Christian understandings that have been imported into Vaishnavism. They heard about Vaishnavism, and they got involved. But, you know, Christianity uh, has had a very, very powerful influence on Western society. I mean, it ruled the world, the Western world, for centuries. And people are just coming out of it, you know, now... Uh, science, modern science, was born as a Christian. Hmm? Gradually it became agnostic in its youth, and, and it's, it, it, it's in its adulthood right now it's become an atheist. <laughs> we say for it to survive it will have to become a mystic in its old age, hmm? where it comes back to the religious idea, hmm? but to the heart of the religious idea, and not to the various superstitions and uh relative religious baggage and so forth that may surround the heart with a view to pump it hmm. but sometimes uh serves to uh, extinguish it hmm. if you will so you know even 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 the um, the the adult atheistic uh modern science that that uh that sector of it, I should say, which is a larger sector, probably the largest sector of it, that rejects uh, religious ideas and supernatural and so forth, is um, uh, very much driven, so to speak, by by a heretical kind of a Protestant ethic. Um, so, so uh, it's a strong influence, is what I want to say, and it's subtle and and uh, and 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 it's it's to that. I mean we live in the Western world so whenever, whenever things come up science and religion it's always Christianity and religion I wrote to an editor once who had done an article on that and I said you know Christianity's not the only religion out here and she said yeah that's true but it's 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 the main one and uh, it's the one that's arguing mostly directly with science so that's the one we deal with yeah and um, and so and anyway, it was apparent in a discussion that a lot of devotees are influenced by some kind of christian like ideas like ideas of creation and we use the word sometimes creation shrishti, but it doesn 't mean ex nilio, you know, out of nothing hmm? uh, according to the eastern idea then if it doesn 't exist, it never will if it exists it, it, it always will hmm? so um, so it is anyway, with God and his uh, shaktis. Hmm? So the sutras say with regard to the the problem if you will, of suffering in the world that God's not responsible, karma is responsible and karma has no beginning. While this is like, whoa, the karma has no beginning, some devotees wanted to, wanted to kind of fight with that idea. I noticed, as I say, they don't have as much trouble fighting with the idea that God has no beginning. Hmm? But then their idea of God what is Krishna started to come be revealed as being a little bit less than what the, the, the sacred texts are actually talking about in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, because, because again Krishna means with his shaktis hmm? they're willing to think that Krishna has no beginning but 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 maybe it's the Tasta Jeeva does at some point you know the, maybe Maya the Shakti does at some point uh, so on and so forth so um, if we think more as we should, of that's why I say Krishna is not without a shakti. Hmm? Krishna, me, Krishna means the God, Brahman with shakti. Without shakti, or the shakti is late and dormant, that's Brahman. That's very quiet, that's very still. There's no vishesh there to speak of. There's no variety that we call the spice of life. This is what the Shakti does. That is the diversity. That is the abeid, or the abade, I should say. The difference. He's one and different. He can't be one and see, Krishna cannot be one and different and not have Shakti. Hmm? It's not that there was one and then he became one and different. <laughs> no. Hmm? He's one and different at the same time. Always has been, always will be. And the difference is the Shakti. And it makes for difference. For example, the Swarup Shakti makes for the difference of different perceptions of Bhagawan, that make for Ram-bhaktas, Krishna-bhaktas, hmm? bhakta's in Sakya-rasa, bhakta's in Madhurya-rasa, bhakta's in Batsali rasa and so on and so forth. Hmm? So in Brahman, we find the Shakti is relatively subdued uh, and therefore nirvishesh, Nirv- nir- n- no nirvishesh, no differentiation. No variety. It's not a lively uh, place. It's the counteracting of the uh, of, of of the ignorance of material existence and the meaningless movement of material existence that looks like variety, but really is this puna punas jarvita as per It's the same thing over and over again. Hmm? As we, we want to say, in this sense, there's no real variety in material existence. Someone said it uh, might have been Prahlada, I'm not sure, but it, material existence is like a prostitute who dresses herself differently every day, but she really only has one thing to offer her customer.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and when it gets when you take the dress off, it's the same thing every time. <laughs> it's only the dress that makes it look different, but it's not different. Hmm? So there's an appearance of difference in material existence that is that we say is illusory. Hmm? Look more closely. The difference is, is not there. We have more in common hmm? than we have uh, 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 difference from one another. Hmm. But then go into that oneness, go into that unity, and there within the context of that which we have in common there's possibility for another kind of difference a consciousness-based difference That's that has to be then a real difference you understand? because consciousness is sat not asat, a real difference therefore even though parakiya for example or any of the Lilas are illusory in, in a sense, they're a divine I- illusion Hmm? They give pleasure to Bhagavan, therefore they are the highest study of Dharma and they're the most, they're most real. <laughs> in other words, if you want to look from the point of view of tattva, then you're going to talk uh, abed, there's no difference. If you look from the point of view of bhava, then there's going to be so much difference, bed, and we'll emphasize the difference, the bed, in lila and so forth. Hmm? But it was God who, be, who became many, there's the bait. you understand? The Abed, I'm sorry. The non-difference. If the one became many, then the many are the one. Right? Mm-hmm. And then they're not the one. The one is like the sun and we're like heat. There's a difference between the sun and you can cover this. You can't put out the, the sun, but you could compete with the heat. Hmm? And so they, <laughs> so, uh, there's some heat inherent in us. Hmm? Some heat. Some, when you compare it to the sun, you know, it's like, you say, there's no sun in the jiva. Hmm? So, well, there's some heat there. So, this way, it's, it's, has some ananda. Hmm? But its ananda is not like Radha's ananda that can conquer Krishna. In fact, its ananda can be conquered by maya shakti. So what is its position? It can, it can, it, it can hardly overwhelm Krishna. It can be overwhelmed. But of course with the ingress of the Sarup shakti of the sun, then maya shakti is dispelled very easily. And then with with the ingress of Sarup shakti into our lives, then we can conquer Krishna. Hmm? So, we're in a situation now where we, we want to arrive at such overwhelming Krishna with, with love. Hmm? And so, then, you know, the question how did we get here? Is for, this is what Anadi Karma is about. And Anadi Karma s- says, in the context of saying, no, God's not at fault because karmas Anadi. naughty, uh, if you do think about it, <laughs> which sometimes, is, as I said, it said, don't bother. There are, there are a lot of things that will come from it. And one of it is, that means that there is no time in the past that I was not under the influence of karma. And then this we find some devotees have a little hard time to, di- to digest this idea. Hmm. And from the Christian point of view, when dealing, there's a something in Christianity that really in the Abrahamic religions called theodicy that doesn't quite apply in the same way, perhaps, in Eastern philosophy, in that a lot of Eastern philosophy is non-theistic, like Advaita and so forth. But there are the theistic uh, versions of Vedanta, and it has more application there. And I've kind of spoken about it. By way of citing the sutras and saying, "Is God is Brahman at fault? We think Brahman's at fault. No, because of karma. But karma's not permanent. No, it is. Uh, you know, it's, it's not enduring. Or it has a beginning. No, it has no beginning, and so forth. So, so um, in Christianity, you know, it's been a huge topic for centuries. But the invoking of the free will uh, argument is. Very central. Uh, so God gave free will, and uh, to the jiva, and uh, therefore it's the jiva's fault. And you can't blame God for giving the jiva free will because if you didn't have free will, then what? What we? Then you'd be complaining about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, 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 some would like to argue that. It's it's the the free will of the jiva that's the cause of his suffering, not its karma. Hm? has to be the free will of jiva, not its karma. But karma is an adhi. So then they say, well, it, you know, it means a long time ago. A long time ago, the jiva exercised his will. It's so far back that we call it beginningless. But this is to give a... Interpretation of Anadi that has no um, basis in Shastra. If we start to talk about Anadi like that, then someone could say, well, God, you know, he's sometime at one point he didn't exist, and, uh, and, and the word Anadi is used in relation to God and the world cycles, which in Hinduism we know there's no beginning to the world cycles, therefore, they're just compared to what? The breathing of Vishnu, Mahavishnu, breathes out; the world, the universe, expands. He breathes in; they contract. So the example of the breathing, the metaphor of the breathing, has been given. Why? Because if you accept that God has no beginning, neither does His breathing. So neither do the world cycles. So these cycles, they have an appearance of beginning and ending. Yeah, sure. Have appearance of a beginning. I'll tell you why. They have appearance of a beginning and ending. Appearance. Of, this is called leela. Lela's metaphor. Hmm? Leela's metaphor. Leela is poetry, but leela is not a less accurate way of talking about the nature of reality. Arguably, it's a more accurate way of speaking about the nature of reality. So, Bhagavan Vishnu has a srishti leela. Hmm? Why do I say it's poetry? Because there is no beginning. But in the leela, there appears to be a beginning, right? Breathes out, and the world comes in. Then it breathes, and it appears to be an ending. But there is no beginning to the jivas. The one became many. Did the one become many? Well, no. Yes, but no. In other words, we just we just explained the jiva has no beginning. So how how could the one become many then? Hmm? So that's that's called leela. Hmm? he pretends to become many he pretends to become many <laughs> uh, but there's always the many and so it's play hmm? so play, sport uh, play is not real right? is it real or is it play? that's what you're asking me <laughs> when you say When I, I understand what you're thinking and so forth and I sympathize with it Right, right. Yeah, but that's an eternal play. <laughs> so, uh, play is not real, but, but play is the most real in a sense at the same time. Hmm? Because we live only to play. That's, that's what we really want to do. Hmm? And when we do what we, what we really are about, we play. Hmm? So, so, what God is really about Is playing, so the leelas are real, Hmm? but also by metaphor, I mean that there are these are ways of trying to talk about um, abstract concepts and so forth that 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 help us. Hmm? But I don't mean to say there's no Mahavishnu and and so on and so forth. Hmm? Mahavishnu means the great all-pervading one. So how can there not be one who is great and all-pervading? That is the idea of God who's everywhere and so forth. Uh, so at any rate, you manifest the world and you bring the world back and the one becomes many and and so forth. Hmm? And so, as the Vishnu is an Adi, so the world cycles are an Adi. They have no beginning. Hmm? And there's a... Uh, Christians will argue oh you have the problem of infinite regress but infinite regress is not always a problem there's 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 non-problematic infinite regress there's vicious infinite regress in nyaya and then there's innocent uh, uh baldebidyabushan gives the example this may sound like infinite regress so it's not like they weren't aware of the logical fallacy of infinite regress in the times of Baladivijabhushan and earlier and so forth. It's all, it's very much brought out in the Nyaya Shastra hmm? of, the, of the, you know, the Nyaya philosophy um, which Bhagavad incorporates part of and, and leaves the part out that doesn't fit with it and, and so with Sankhya and so on as well. So, uh, he gives the example he says, no, it's an innocent, really, is what he's saying, form of infinite regress and we see it in nature just like the seed and the tree which in the western terminology is the chicken and the egg so the question which comes first the seed or the tree it's like a zen koan what's the answer and you just think about it till you stop thinking and then you get the answer neither oh anybody could have said that (laughs) no that's the answer yeah yeah it means like if if i say well in in science for example it's an atheist will say that you know what's the cause of this it's this what's the cause of that it's this and that's the cause of this and this this and you keep going back infinite regress you can't get to the can't get to the bottom of it hmm? uh people will say christians will say karma is faulty as a doctrine that um that uh, uh, answers to the question of evil because you it 's an infinite regress in hinduism but it that 's really not a accurate because the idea is not to get to the fault of, get to the get to the origin of the original uh, uh, act so to speak but to but to question whether or not human society has moral responsibilities for its actions and that's what the law of karma says very loudly t- to us. Hmm? Um, it's a, it's very much a law of that deter- uh, speaks of determinism but it very much speaks of will as well. If it was only deterministic, what would be the meaning of it? In other words, if you can't respond to it then what is the meaning of any of the scriptural statements that, that you should you should resist this, you should pursue this and so forth so so at any rate, so the, the, the it may be a little easier than if we to accommodate the idea in our head of beginningless uh, karma, when we start to think, if God is beginningless and we could accommodate that, the more kind of developed idea of Krishna. Uh, as we should, that includes his Shaktis and so forth. So, the two of these Shaktis <coughs> spoke a little bit about the Sarup Shakti's internal potency, that, for example, Radha is constituted of, that has the power to overwhelm him in love and so forth, the Bhakti is constituted of. The other two, of course, primary of the three principal Shaktis is the Maya Shakti and the Jiva Shakti. So, what we say that the Jiva is, is under the influence of karma forever. Hmm. The Gita says in 1320 that both the jiva and maya are anadi, beginningless. Hmm? And their interaction with one another, Vishnu Shakti Thakur says, is also beginningless. What do we see? From the view of a little bit of Shastric knowledge, we see that, that we are consciousness, we are jivas, and we are interacting with the maya shakti. That's what we see. We see that we're interacting with maya shakti. You have no reason to believe that that began at some point, so... That's what we see. Just deal with it, is the idea. Hmm? This is the way in which these two particular shaktis, in some to have knowledge of how things fit together and so forth, interact with one another. Their interaction is from a time without beginning, and it's problematic for the jiva. Hmm? The jiva is a cause, if you want to weigh in on the will side, nature is the cause. Nature takes shapes. Jiva wants to embrace them with its desire. So these are two causal factors. Maya has a, fa- has a causal role, the prakriti. The jiva has a causal role. And Bhagwan has a causal role. Hmm? So... Uh, you know, the jiva is the seed of the desire, hmm? and Bhagawan is the rain. that Okay, makes it possible. He sanctions. Hmm? But he's not responsible for your desire. This is the, this is the idea. Uh, so, we said that karma is the cause of our suffering, and it has no beginning. Some people want to say, well, I had to have had a choice. I had to have had a choice. So we can say, all right, take it that way. Because how can you have karma without a choice? Karma is action and reaction. So you have to have the action to have the reaction. So the action is the choice. Then you start, because, well, if I get a reaction that conditions me in a certain way... Then I'll be forced by that conditioning to make the same choice. Mm. So, but that so that may be true that you may choose in such a way that your capacity to choose differently becomes more and more difficult. That that's a fact. But the fact that you have the capacity to choose cannot be um, denied. And then, which comes first, the, you know, the the, the 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 karma or the the choice. They're both beginningless. So You got beginningless karma. You got beginningless choice. <laughs> there you go. So if you want to talk about it from that side, you can say, okay, the, the, the will is of the jiva is the cause of his suffering. Hmm. But you can also look at the other way, The karma of the jiva. So they're they're, they're you know you, karma means in in fact in one sense karma is the better word to use because karma includes the choice. Karma is not just a reaction to, to nothing. Hmm? It's a reaction to an action. An action is also karma. So the, the two are in, in, in intertwined. So to say an karma includes the will of the jiva as being the that which is responsible. And so, so the idea is, is God's not responsible. Indeed, God intervenes into this predicament of the jiva to give bhakti. Hmm? Where choice then really uh, develops rather than choice between uh more of the same you know a prostitute in a different dress, so to speak, a real choice of that, is, that presents a, a a different substance, a different category to choose from a chance to choose uh, bhakti, of course, <laughs> the Bhagwan is so loving in his intervening that we become predisposed. He makes us predisposed to make the right choice without our knowing. Hmm? That's called agyata sukriti. The sadhu comes and creates some agyata sukriti. We start to become predisposed to make the right choice in due course because of that opportunity being presented to us. So God's the aggressor, Hmm? The, the affectionate aggressor. He comes to the world, and he comes to the world through his Kripa Shakti. Means his devotees; they are the, the fullest manifestation of his mercy, and they're creating the good fortune of the uh, of the jivas to give them meaningful opportunity to choose. That in a sense, they get to choose how seriously and how quickly they're going to step on the pedal of their the bhakti vehicle that's been offered to them, and and uh, and, and and end the beginningless karma and the, uh, the suffering that is a, a consequence of that. And, of course, from, the, from, the, from Vaishnava, from the Hindu point of view, while well, the Christians ask that, you know, how can a all-good God cause evil in the world? Hmm? How can there be evil in the world if God created the world? We say, well, God didn't create the world. It's always been there. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but but from that point of view from our perspective for that matter even the good in the world is evil so <laughs> we have a very different perspective on it hmm? in the, so, so the, in other words they have an idea of what's good and what God should be like and we even think that would be bad hmm? so uh, they're very kind of different worlds east and west and um and different ways of talking, obviously, about um, our predicament and uh, the theistic uh, solution, both of which have have merit, but to understand the way the sacred text and the East speak about it, that to enter into that that mindset uh, a little bit. And it's interesting to see sometimes how devotees are haven't 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 done that and are under in the influence of other kind of theistic ideas and kind of import them into uh, Vaishnavism unknowingly, almost. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit the, the the subject that we were discussing, and uh, and those are some little overview with some thoughts um, about it. Obviously, it, what, if you keep talking about it, what starts to become the next topic that it morphs into is is what's the nature of the jiva.
2: Hmm.
0: What's the nature of the jiva? Um, and um And, and then and therefore we say, well, you know, it's uh it's 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 a it's a well that's an interesting topic. That's a big topic. I don't know if we should go into that here, but yeah.
1: I was just thinking it's a, it's a dangerous subject matter because, from my perspective at least, I've seen that when people start to get into that, not necessarily boys, but that they tend to move very quickly towards my back because it would appear that reality then becomes very solidly one, you know, the merging with a or something, like that's all the hope, type of thing.
0: I don't so, understand.
1: Well, to get the endless karma thing, right? Um, you say, well, Jiva is uh, endlessly suffering in this world, so to, to what is reality? Reality is Brahman. So the only hope you've got is to literally just get out of Brahman, to, to merge with Brahman.
0: How can you do that without Bhakti?
1: Right. Well, they would say that you can do it without Bhakti, because it's basically part of us. We are Brahma,
0: therefore we just have to realize that, and therefore we're, we become lost in our idea. Well, then, the, yeah, well, the, 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 the my bodies do say that. But then, then, then there you have to discuss whether the the jiva is eternal itself, or whether it's only an appearance of uh, there's only an appearance of the jiva.
2: Hmm?
0: But yeah, I see your your your, your point. And therefore, you know we don't have the argument detached from scripture. Scripture has to be cited to support whatever position one is going to take. Um, but uh, even in my bodies acknowledge that Krishna spoke the Gita and so forth. Came to the world for intervention. What did he intervene for? Tell you that you weren't an individual and that you were him, and it was he, it was he that fell down and somehow and came super superimposed by by Maya and uh, and so so I don't think too many devotees have become no, 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 no. M- my, my bodies, so persons. Oh, I see what you yeah, I see you're I was kind
1: that particular
0: argument. Well, you see, uh, if you want to say okay so so the Maya bodies would say that the jiva is it ananda but there is no real jiva jiva and brahman are one brahman is suchit ananda hmm? therefore the jiva is suchit ananda but it, but it, its problem is it's thinking that it's that it's a jiva when it's actually brahman hmm? so then if you want to take that art line of reasoning then you have to think well okay it ananda hmm? of these three you know we exist we we are knowledge and we are we are bliss and we have the capacity to, uh, to exist, to, to experience knowing and, and loving. Hmm? So, uh, how will knowing and loving be really fulfilled or expressed in Brahman if there's no other? If we, if we, if we conclude that really people are existing for loving...
2: Hmm.
0: then uh, in transcendence there has to be a significant other in order for that loving to have its full full meaning, a consciousness other.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So there has to be some distinction then between the jiva and brahman. Otherwise, it's a very... Because if you want to talk to people in general, like you're saying, and they might respond like this, this is also how they'll respond. People will respond readily to the idea that they love is where it's at. You know, that, that, that's that's that, that. I got, I got that. You know, so so if the loving component of the of the so-called sachidananda jiva is to, is, in other words, if I exist, I know that I exist, and I exist for the purpose of loving, hmm, then. Um, then for that purpose to be fulfilled, okay, I have to stop loving things that don't love back, so to speak, that, that don't have the capacity to, to reciprocate and so forth, and that, that going after don't really constitute loving, and that's why they don't reciprocate, because they're more really about taking, hmm? acquisition and so forth, and so on. So, okay, I stop all of that. Now I've stopped kind of pursuing something that looks like love that's really counterproductive to it. Mm -hmm. Fine, Uh, but if I want to really pursue my loving uh, capacity, uh, then it stands to reason that, and to give it like real positive shape and meaning, there has to be a con- another, but it has to be a consciousness other hmm? that I can repose that in, hmm? and that in doing so, in that repose, I'm actually loving rather than taking. Hmm? And so this is, of course, what Bhakti is about. You, you, it's it, it, it's uh, Krishna is only there for serving. <laughs> Uh, and even if you go after Krishna to get things from him, you end up getting things taken away from you hmm? in due course. That's what he does to his devotees. Hmm. Shiva may give them things, and, and so Krishna tends not to. Right? Hmm? So, therefore, it's fair enough. You can go after him for things, and so forth. And it's even recommended, if you're going to go after things, go after him. Therefore, in Bhagavatam, after describing, Atasugadeva describes the various different deities, if you want good health, worship the sun, if you want this, and he goes through this to the beginning of his talk with uh, Raj Pariksit. He concludes that section by saying what? But in the long run, he says, in the long and short of it is whatever you want. If you want nothing or you want everything, or if you want liberation,
2: then
0: hmm? do bhakti yoga to, uh, thank you, uh, to Hari. Hmm? This is what you should do. So there's, sometimes we say, well, I don't want to pray to Krishna for, you know, material things, Maharaj, what should I do? Pray to Krishna for material things. (laughs) Go ahead, go for it, you know. (laughs) It's because the tendency to take shelter of Krishna comes in you. That's the real value. Hmm? He may give you something, he may not. Hmm? But develop the tendency to take shelter of Krishna. This is Sharanagata, Krishna is my maintainer, not anybody else. Hmm? Hmm. And so, uh, it's 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 difficult, if not impossible, to approach Krishna with the idea of getting taking from Krishna or getting something which isn't high to key, unmotivated, and so forth. Uh, uh, Because in the context of doing that, he starts to hone your taking. Your your, 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 the extent he starts to accept whatever little giving is there. Hmm? This is kind of the guru's business. Whatever the, guru, the, the giving, whatever giving motive is in there, mixed with your taking motive, he takes the giving part out, sends it to Krishna. The taking part he keeps, and it's like a juicer, you know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> throws away the pulp, compost the pulp. and the seed That turn into compost. We'll do something with it. We'll turn into compost, and we'll grow more fruits and and so forth. The guru is expert at figuring out how to deal with this. Uh, he 's a big garbage collector basically <laughs> he 's a recycler <laughs> very environmentally sensitive person, very creative so uh, and the juice goes to Krishna hmm? and so then our then there 's reciprocation on that bit and then in, in, in this way, our capacity to give starts to be is increased and then is, it, it, the, the object is the motive behind it is honed, so to speak. Hmm. Um, and, and, and so we're we finding a significant consciousness other who we can give to. Here we appear to give, but we don't really give, and um, we're on the take. So so if the jiva is by nature hmm, ananda or has a loving capacity, hmm, then... And in transcendence, for it to be fulfilled, it, 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 it doesn't. It would not appear that the mere uh, ending of its taking constitutes the full face of its loving potential. Obviously, if I stop taking, that's an improvement, but that's not the full face of giving. I hmm? have to stop taking in order to give, but. Uh, but there's more to it than that. So, to come, like I say, coming from negative numbers to zero is zero is positive from that perspective, but then there are positive numbers beyond there as well. So, bhakti is about the positive numbers. And so, we posit, therefore, a consciousness other. Hmm? Bhagwan. There's us and there's a God. There's no nityo and nityanam. Chaitanas, Chaitanana. Hmm. There's one eternal, and then there's the plural eternals. And there's one consciousness, and then there's the plural consciousnesses. So, so this makes for then the, the prospect of really fulfilling our capacity, our propensity to love, and transcendence makes enlightenment um, the fulfillment of love rather than the end. Of suffering, indeed, suffering will end readily and entirely in the context of loving. That's a very beautiful idea. I mean, in other words, in Bhakti, there's no problem. The devotees don't suffer. You say, "Well, Maharaj, um, you sure about that?" <laughs> uh, you no know, what it means is it doesn't mean they don't go through the motions of suffering and and, and so forth hmm? what it means is that if you're doing bhakti then it you're you're serving so the results aren't yours it really doesn't matter what happens you understand if you're serving it really doesn't matter what happens whether the sky falls on your head where it opens up and, and, and you can go through it. It doesn't matter. You're only there to serve. It's hard to be a devotee, see? <laughs> see how much we're attaching some getting to our our our, our giving. We want to avoid suffering and we want to be happy. Service has nothing to do with either of those things. It's just about serving. And if for serving I have to be unhappy, then... If it makes Krishna happy to go to Mathura and dance with the, you know, with the courtesans, or with, the, with, the, with the queens there, then I, t- I take pleasure in the separation because it gives him pleasure. Hmm? And if it makes Krishna happy for me to be, experience the bliss of union, then I'll experience the bliss of union. This is the idea. Hmm? So there's no suffering, if you early understand bhakti. <laughs> Therefore, the, to love, which is the idea of bhakti suffering is, ends automatically. A whole effort to end suffering --hm of the, of the jnani of the Maya body, to end suffering, seems very futile to the devotee. Why don't you just serve Bhagwan. <laughs> just do Hare Bhakti. Hmm? No problem. Sufferings there, but it doesn't matter. Something like that.
2: Hmm?
0: It's not. It doesn't affect me. Hmm? So, the. This is a more comprehensive idea of, of how. One's loving capacity can be uh, fulfilled. We can, we can reach the, the, the summit of that. If that's inherent in the jiva capacity to love, then there has to be, as I say, you can't have a Mahavad doctrine and think that that's going to be fulfilled. That may end suffering, but it may end you too. So I don't know. Is that valuable? I can say to you, I give you two choices, Bob. Is Bob? Right, Robert? You want to end suffering? Okay, I'll give you two choices. I could kill you right now and it'd be over. (laughs) Right? Or you could serve. Mm -hmm. serve. Yeah. (laughs) Simple, problem solved. My avatars, that's it, out the door. It's retired forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. (laughs) Very easy. Yeah. Yeah.
3: What is the difference between that shit and the ingress of Suk shakti?
0: What is the difference between that? That shit, that and Well like I said, it's like the difference between sun and heat. Heat is derived from sun. Hmm? Heat is derived from the sun. Um, so it's related, but it's it's different it's, it's a different there's a different quality to it. Hmm? I can't put out the sun, but I could turn up the heat, or turn up the cold, or turn up the air conditioning, something like that. So, therefore, the it's der- in other words, it's derived knowing. It's derived Ananda. It, it's not independent. Krishna's Ananda is independent, and Bhakti's Bhakti, the Ananda of Bhakti, is is also independent, hmm? and. It, it's such that Krishna becomes even subordinated to it. But it's his own surup shakti, so in, his, in another sense it's not separated from him. Krishna's not taking pleasure outside of himself, he's maram, but he's taking pleasure in his surup shakti, which is, it's in him but it manifests, so to speak, as two for the exchange that might be better taken advantage of. So the, shak, the, the chit, the, 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 the consciousness the knowing, the ananda of the jiva, it's derived, it's derived, it's not independent like that. Hmm? It's derived, so it has... Um, um, because the ananda of the jiva, of the shakti is independent, nothing can overcome it. Hmm? It has no cause, bhakti is its own cause, and so forth, it cannot be checked by maya, uh, and so on, but the derived knowledge of the jiva, the derived and on the jiva, it's very very pale in comparison, uh, very small in comparison. Uh, let's take for example that example that that very example of sun and its derived heat. What's it like? Let's say we capture the heat of some of the heat of the sun, right, with solar panels. And so we warm our house. Hmm? And so, so, you know, and then the sun goes behind the clouds. The sun sets. So the heat's going on, you know, for a while anyway. The example's limited, but the heat's going on. And the sun's not in the picture. Now, what's it like? Let's say you could just take some heat from the sun and just have the heat. Okay, what's it like to have the heat? And what's it like to have the sun? I mean, it's totally different, two different things in one sense. Because with heat, I can keep warm. Okay, with the sun, I mean, you can grow food. Can you grow food with a little heat? So I might have some heat. Okay. Well, <laughs> you might have heat. It's the power of digestion. has some heat. In your stomach, but if you don't have the whole sun, you can't have food. You can't grow grow food with the heat with the heat in your stomach. Hmm? So there's (laughs) so I'm talking about in a way to make a contrast between the two: the the derived knowledge or Ananda of the jeev and the independent knowledge and uh, Ananda of Krishna, and more so of his surup shakti. Therefore, it has its limitations and one of them that we practically see is it can be overwhelmed by the by the Maya Shakti. Hmm?
3: Is that because it's infinitesimal? I mean, since we're part and parcel...
0: Yeah, well, you, you can site, say...
3: And that's the example we use, that it's part and parcel, but it's infinitesimal. It's a very small amount.
0: Yeah.
3: You, you come up with the word derived, which is an
0: interesting word. Yeah, it's uh, because... You could say part and parcel, you could say atomic, but these are all ways of trying to say what, what I'm saying as well. And, and, and when you say atomic, you say, well, it, it's the same, but it's small. Hmm? But then you're getting a quantitative kind of analogy. But uh, like Shudamash said, it's, we're, we're, we're quantitatively different and qualitatively different too. <laughs> but you know, Prabhupada would make a simple example, we're quantitatively different from the absolute, we're qualitatively the same. And you can make that example, and that's valid. We're consciousness, God's consciousness. What in this world most resembles God? It's us. Nothing else does. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Consciousness does. Oh, okay, you're starting to get an idea of what God's like. It's subjective and, and so forth. But then if you look closer at the issue, right, we also find hmm, there's also a qualitative difference between us and God. Hmm? We don't have Prema Madhurya, among other things. Even Narayan doesn't. Venu hmm? Madhurya, ruba maduria. Hmm? and so on. What speak of us? So there's a qualitative difference. So we can use the atomic or part of parcel, but then you want to look a little closer and to help people overcome the idea that, well, if it's the same, it's atomic, then how can it be overcome? You could, you know, it's actually qualitatively different too. It's derived knowledge, derived. Um, on, on the, So it's dependent. It's it, it's stressing the fact that we're a dependent entity. We may have some knowledge inherent in us, and some bliss, but it's 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 not independent. Therefore, it it uh, it, it, it 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 may be covered over. That's the implication. Mm-hmm.
3: That help? Yeah. Well yeah. <coughs> also open the, the the idea of the you know, there's different the Jiva has so many qualities of Krishna. You yeah, there are varieties so there, you know, fifty Shiva has more, so yeah. That, that that speaks more to the quality, quality right. nature rather than the quantitative nature. Right. Those kind of uh, those right. comparisons. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. yeah. Because the tendency may be in the West people may think, well, I have these things, such and that. Then, you know, I can become God, I I, I become God when I just uncover those, I become completely that thing. Yeah. You know, the New Age thing is that you you manifest these things and then you automatically become God, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But we understand that Maya Shakti is a force greater than we are, you know, than the infinitesimal soul. So then there's a chance, it's not that I I just by realization I will just overcome Maya Shakti or I'll just subdue Maya Shakti, we can never do that.
0: Right. Ma-ma-ma, Dharatya. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about that. You're already enlightened, you just uh, stop. You know, go ahead, go ahead ask me a question about enlightenment. Go ahead. What is the nature of light something ask me a question?
1: What's enlightenment?
0: That is the problem. <laughs> And everybody's you are you you are thinking there is something called enlightenment. Stop thinking that Stop thinking that. That is your problem. Feel better now? (laughs) That's it, that's what they do. No, do not become. That is the problem. You are. (laughs) Why are you sitting there then? I'm sitting there as well. There is only I. Oh
1: boy, it's a very small room. So many eyes on the tip of my thoughts.
0: Small as big.
1: <laughs> so everybody tends towards Buddhism these
0: days. Tending—that is the problem. Ah,
1: see. <laughs> but this is the antithesis of Christianity. It's Buddhism,
0: see. Buddhism is popular.
1: Atheism,
0: so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, there's a lot of talk like that, and it's unfortunate, and uh, it's. Uh, Therefore, we have some service to do to help people understand. And therefore, Prabhupada is very fond of, and appropriately so, invoking the texts, you know, to to really uh, where we can talk about it systematically and have a a standard of knowledge to refer to and so forth. I mean, you can say, I mean, you can say with well, the jiva, satchitananda, I, I can say, the sun and the sun's rays. So you're like one of the rays of the sun. Everybody like that and so forth. Okay, fine. But the difference is what? Right now, there's a sun out. But it's above the clouds. Right? Meanwhile, there are sun rays here that make it light enough for us to see, but they're covered by the, covered by the cloud. So there are rays here that give some light, hmm? but they have the capacity to be covered by the cloud. Hmm? The sun never has the capacity to be covered by the cloud. So while we might say that the that the, the, the yes, we are all like rays of the sun, we are all consciousness. Everybody like that and think I am the sun. But there are cloudy days, right? And so those rays have the capacity to come under, I and mean, we were just using an example here, but under the influence of, of the clouds and their capacity to illuminate is limited. Hmm. And that's the predicament we find ourselves in. Although we are self-luminous, hmm, we cannot illuminate the whole show hmm. and, uh, and, and we may become subject to the, to the influence of the clouds where the sun does not. And so we make a distinction between, at the same time, we say that the, the sun rays are non different from the sun. We make a distinction between the two. Hmm? And we say, yeah, you may be the ray of the sun, that's great. Hmm? But there's a big difference between you and the sun right now. Hmm? And, 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 and then take the example of the sun. What's going on in the sun right now? Do you know? There's, it's, it's in its 11-year it's in its 11, 11 phase of solar, what do they call them? Flare. 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 Solar flares. It's at its peak for the next year. So your internet might, might go down. Hmm. And so there's, barely speaking, nuclear explosions going on in the sun right now. The sun has its own nuclear life. Like, what do we rays have to do with that or know about that in this situation here underneath the clouds? So that it's just taking the example that much further. Hmm? The sun is different, it's it's rays, it's constituted of rays. You can't separate the rays from the sun, but at the same time the rays don't have the same I mean, here's a ray of sun, there's not any nuclear explosion going on here. In the sun itself, Leela's going on, it's exploding. Hmm? The sun itself is exploding emotionally, and sometimes big flares come out. Vraha, noticing, <laughs> and they, they they affect the whole atmosphere of the material existence, and, and the pranic guys write it down. Hmm? That was the vraha, hmm? and it, it changed the quality of the of the space of the ether and. Uh, and so on. So the sun is like Godhead and he's having his emotional life erupting constantly and we're just a ray. Wow. Uh, and so there's a difference at the same time. I think you can make good good analogy to explain away the way my bot. But you know, the other one was quite good. Do you want to end your suffering? You got two choices. You can either serve <laughs> Krishna or die right now. I can shoot you right now. <laughs> suffering will be over. Uh, something like that. So to kill your soul, to do away with your individuality, hmm? this is mayavad that there is no individuality, uh, therefore if I realize that I will not suffer, that, that you can end suffering at the cost of your individuality, then you wonder, well, who's going to enjoy the no-suffering? <laughs> who's going to experience the, no, the non-suffering? Hm. Yes? Well, they have sattviki bhakti not shudha bhakti Sattviki bhakti Bhakti manifests in the, sattva, the form of sattva-guna hmm, to help them attain their goal, to facilitate their attaining their goal. It's It's bhakti yeah. Bhakti takes the form of sattva-guna to help them. And therefore they say bhakti is made of Sanafakuna. guna, yeah, that's the bhakti they're familiar with. So, and that's permanent. I mean that kind of liberation. Is... Liberation is for keeps, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you can be a jiva mukta mm-hmm. and fall from that. But as far as entering into Brahman, and well, they're more fortunate. yeah, they're more fortunate they can fall. <laughs>
1: Yeah. But when the answer and the brahmin will fall in
0: with it. Pardon me? The
1: inevitable fall from Brahman.
0: Right? No. 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 The prophet said Yeah, but that's in relation to Jeevan Mukta's if you study that. Aruya ah. kirtjena paramapadam tatha patanti adho nadhutriya shmadangaya This verse from Bhagavatam. Prayers of the devatist and uh, Krishna and Krishna in the womb. Prayers uh, to Devaki and so forth. Says uh, uh, what is it, Abhisuddh Buddha? Parama. They think they're liberated. Hmm? That means uh, this is invoked in Chaitanya Charitamrita, and twice in uh, Krishna's Kaviraj Prasami says Jivanmuktas. He's using it in relation to the Jee- Jeevanmukta. Means they're liberated. Uh, but the prabda karma is not finished. In other words, they have pull out the the plug of the fan of their karma, so to speak. But still, but the prabda, that which had already started to manifest, is still going around. Mm-hmm. They took the, the the antibiotics and they killed the disease. It's done. The disease of ignorance, but there's still some symptoms left. Mm-hmm. So the symptoms are their, their body itself, and so when it dies, then the idea is the Mukta ghani, enters into Brahman. Hmm? And so, uh, at any rate, Vish- Krishna's coverage in books, this verse in relation to jivanmuktas. But the verse says something further also. It says, those who think they're liberated, but they are adverse to bhakti, they fall down. Hmm? So it requires adversity to bhakti. No regard for bhakti. They fall down. The implication is that if they have regard for bhakti, then at least you need that. Some regard for bhakti. If they have no regard for bhakti, then but but you cannot get, enter into Brahman without some regard for bhakti. So you can't fall from Brahman. Hmm. So but from the jiva mukta position then you're still in proximity to the opportunity to fall who's going to fall where in Brahman who's going to fall where there's no what's going to make you fall there are no modes of nature there and so forth And then Prabhupada would speak about it in Bhaktivinoda Thakram in some places real strongly because it's just, just a, such an anti-mayavad uh, thrust which is so appropriate for you know breaking ground and trying to introduce people to devotion, because you've got to get that out of your head first. That's so why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu on the way to Vrindavan stopped in Benares. Hmm? This is the Mayavad. You've got to get the Mayavad out of your head before you can enter into Brahman. And there, some discussion with Prakashananda and this kind of thing hmm? began.
2: Hmm?
0: So you've got to get this Mayavad out. So this, you, it's a very nice point, actually, because Krishna's Kavirash Goswami and Chaitanya Charitamrita, after he gives all his Mongol verses,
2: hmm,
0: the last Mongol verse about the Panchatvat begins with the glorification of the Panchatattva and it ends with the glorification. Panchatvat makam krishnam bhakta rupasarupakam bhakta avataram bhakta akyam bhakyamanamami bhakta shakti kam. Then on the beginning end, it's what? One hmm? Ishana Aba Ishana Tatprakasham Krishna Chaitanya So along with the pr- principle of the Guru, the five tattvas are invoked. Right? That's the beginning of the Mongol Charn. The Mongol Charn ends with the glorification of the Pancha Tattva. After it, the is described, and the tattva. And That includes Srivas and uh, Shakti Tattva and Gadadhar Shakti Tattva are glorified. Uh, uh, they're glorified along with the Dvaitinitinana Chaitanya, and it's the one uh, mantra. I think Kavikarnapur probably authored that, uh, and Krishna says, used it. So, this is the end of the Mongol Charan. And then what happens. Suddenly, there's a sto- st- he begins the story of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu going to Banaras, mm-hmm. right. which is told later again in the, in the, in the, in the, in the Madya, end of the madhya in greater detail. Why is he telling that there? Hmm? So he tells that, after he tells that story, then he reverts back to telling his own story about how he came to write the book and... Uh, and so forth, how he's blessed and got the garland of Mohan and so on and so forth. And then he starts introducing the different players or the branches of Nityananda, there are the branches of G- Gadadhar and uh, Dvaita and all the players in the drama. And when they're all, so many of them named, then he begins the narrative of the Leela with the the advent of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then the birth of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and it follows sequentially and so forth. So, what's that Leela doing there? Well, it's just kind of stuck in there. And it, it already it comes later in the chronology, as well. So it's, it's he made a big emphasis. Get this mayavad out of your head. I've spoken about bhakti here. Let me make an afterthought. And by the way, it's not mayavad. That's not what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. That's how to t- draw something from the way in which he arranged his his book. So. For Prabhupada to come and, and as he did, and make such a heavy emphasis on Mayavad. I mean, Prabhupada took, created opportunities in verses to, to, with <laughs> yeah, to critique Mayavad that, that aren't there in the verses, in, in, in a sense. I mean, right. he, this was, therefore, he called himself what? How did Prabhupada I'm think you of you himself? Nirvijesha Shunyavadi, Paschachadesha Tadane, Goravani, Prachadane. Hmm? Uh, so, uh, for good reason. So he would sometimes say, "Yeah, they'll go to Brahman and hover, and then the sila come down. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Without bhakti, there's no, no standing. But if you look carefully, it's true. There's no bhakti. You can't really have standing in Brahman without bhakti. Yeah." He thinks he's liberated but the one who who
2: has proper regard for bhakti, for bhakti but nonetheless presuming grammar
0: they fall down also potentially if they did what could they potentially fall down also because the verse is saying they think they're liberated and they fall down so they think either. they're liberated and they, and be, but because they have no regard for bhakti they fall down Jivanmukta. mukta yeah Jeevanmukta, would they potentially fall down as well or only potentially they, anyone could fall down from that situation even from subsidy a devotee could possibly fall down but it's very uh, like it's not inherent the pur- purport of the verse is that it's inherent if they don't have regard for bhakti they will fall down hmm? but yeah, the other might but not necessarily hmm? that help? So yeah, they think they're liberated, and still they have no regard for bhakti. They fall down. I think Vishnu says that Krishna arranges karma again to come. Avidya Avidya has been destroyed against. Or by, his, he unleashes his avidya shakti and again, and they, they come down as philanthropists or you know whatever. Well,
1: what devotees. I don't want particularly call them devotees, but you comment in your Bhagavad Gita, who appears to be a Mayavadi. He's a Mayavadi. But then he, he talks about Krishna Leela so beautifully in his
0: life. Yeah. Yeah. So is he a. Some said, Mayavadis love Krishna more than devotees do. <laughs> 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 Even though they don't understand him. <laughs> it's possible. But then they
1: have this goal that I have that's, uh, you know, uh, the liberation is it's not Mayavad, it's actually.
0: Anyway, the, the lowest form of... Shantara. Shantaras, yes, Shantara. No, 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 you don't understand. Madhusudan Siddhartha wrote Bhakti Rasayana. He's a contemporary of Rupa Goswami. He wrote Bhakti Rasayana. It just shows how powerful the preaching of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's cult was at the time, because my bodies had to start writing about rasa. Oh. Yeah. So he wrote his own book about rasa not Bhakti-rasa-mrta-sindhu, but, but Bhakti-rasayana. So he's a Gani a Mayavadi, follower of Shankar, writing about Bhakti-rasa and then giving it a Mayavad take. And he's got Shantarasa at the high end. Hmm? And he, for, for him, uh, the rasa and lila and all the experience of lila is for a Mukta. Hmm? The Mukta is relishing the lila and so forth. and And, and then he enters into the Paramartha, that's it, over. over. Finished, yeah.
1: But it's to merge.
0: Or it yeah. yeah. It's, to merge. No, it's wow. not Shantarasa, no. Not in the shuddha Bhakti sense of, of Shantarasa. Yeah, he's a slippery fellow. You know, it's, uh, but but it's was, kind
1: of interesting the quorum, because you know, when I read his commentaries, they're very dissimilarly.
0: Yeah. That's why we quote him, Vishwanath Chakravita quotes him, Baladvini Bhushan quotes him, sometimes in Bhagavatam commentary Vishwanathya quotes but he quotes him very selectively when he says, and even the Maya, he's basically saying, and even the Mayabadi, what he says this. Hmm? Right. Yeah. So there, this is
2: kind
0: of the way he says, so there. Yeah. <laughs> so the body Yeah. All right, do we stop there? I